Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. Nerdapalooza, the world's largest nerd music festival, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and learn how you can support this and other fine Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome, everyone, to my brand new series with help from other people who I'll introduce later. Drag is the new spandex with your host, Oral. That's me. <laughs> okay, so uh, going around the room and then skipping over some because we want to do this right and proper. We've got Pat. Hi, Pat. What's going on, Oral? Nothing much. I'm so excited to be here. I am, too. Okay. And we also have Brian, who happens to be Pat's partner, for those of you who don't remember. Hi, oh. Brian. Oh, hey. How's it going? Good, good. Okay, so everyone, we're starting this new series where I get to be the host and we get to talk about the good, the bad, and the tragic. And we've decided to call this new podcast Drag is the New Spandex. Why is that, Brian? Well, a long time ago, I was watching a porn and the porn was called Queer is New Black or Gay is New Black or Porn is New Black. Anyway, it was some variation on that. And the guy actually sang his whole song, which if I can find is going to be in this episode. I just oh, got to look for it. Um, anyway, so that expression kind of rooted in my brain. And then for years, you know, back there percolating. And then Orange is the New Black just came out. About, which is a fantastic show. You know, about lesbian prison people. Mm-hmm. And Captain Janeway and all those crazy people. So great. And the guy from America Pie. Anyway, and uh, I, of course, have been talking to uh, a few of our friends who are in the drag world and thought, you know what? I want a place we can tell their story and they can tell their story. And so that's what this series is going to be. It's going to be all about drag culture, drag queens from their own mouths. Which is so much fun. And you chose me to host the show because I guess I'm the biggest queen of them all in the group. Exactly. Okay, yay me! Well, and you have that alter ego that sort of sometimes runs around and does RuPaul. You know. I am not Dieter Ritz! <laughs> I don't really sound Until like Until we get both of you in the same room together, I just don't know. Okay, so our first premiere, fantastic guest, can be seen performing. She'll talk all about where she's performing. Okay, so you don't have okay. to worry about that. So I would like to introduce to Drag is the New Spandex, 
our first guest ever, illustrious first guest, Chantal Rochet. Hey, girl, hey. Hey, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm cocktailed. Okay, <laughs> me too. Everybody. That's the best so, way to start it off. Isn't it? And this time, I don't have any mouthy people going under pseudonyms telling me I drink too much. <gasps> Chantel is here, but you know, this is not her first time on our show. It's not? No. In fact, uh, I forgot about that. He who <laughs> shall not be named currently, but is actually Joshua. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a little episode of Flame On called uh, Flame On Goes Out or Flame On Night Out. I remember that. And we interviewed a couple people in the uh, sort of the, the courtyard of Parliament and Chantel was one of them. So uh, her second appearance on this show. But, uh, you know, this is the proper, proper, I think, uh, origin story sort of appearance. Yeah. Which I should point out, that's why it's spandex. To me, and this is our take on it, drag is the new superhero. So they have fabulous outfits. They have alter egos or secret identities in some cases. Mm-hmm. And they fight intolerance and other evil uh, in nightclubs and bars and restaurants uh, on weekends. And don't forget their fierce competitors in pageants. Oh, well, there's that too. So anyway, without further ado, sorry. I'll just let y'all talk. I'll just sit here and enjoy my, what am I drinking? Planter's Punch. Planter's Punch. Just, just keep it correct because if the viewers can't see, I gotta tell them what I'm enjoying. Okay, so mm-hmm. this is going to be really like fast and loose, which is Pat's favorite way of doing anything so tell us about yourself like tell us about yourself and tell us how you got into drag well it started back in the 1900s i won't tell you which decade because i'll give away my age but i was born and raised in iowa okay which started all off and actually i grew up in a very what is i would consider today normal household because i had very dysfunctional parents which is sad to say it's dysfun- it's normal but it is it's what it is and i had a very strong mother who truly believed that she needed to be my mother first before she became my friend so education was very strong i didn't have a lot of freedoms to be stupid mm-hmm. my mother really did raise us to be educated and you know to seek out our dreams but do it practically one of the things i remember my mother saying is don't invest too much time in dance it won't get you anywhere in life she wanted me to be a businessman you know i suppose my father wanted to be a jock well they both kind of missed the boat on that one but i did go to iowa state and i i graduated from iowa state with a degree in commercial recreation which i had a lot of training in uh, national parks and uh recreational facilities anytime you want to spend money to have fun that's the a, a leisure service industry. Okay. On top of that, I had a minor in um, marketing, and I thought for sure I was going to run some city's park and rec- recreation program. Kind of like Leslie Snow. Who'd that be? Parks and Rec. I don't watch that show. Okay. Oh, you it's, would you would enjoy it. I it's think it's not a reality show. I'm a Real Housewives. Oh, <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. I let good trash TV when I can actually watch it. Hey, in his house. I was going to say, but I got it um, to get me to Florida because I had to get out of Iowa. I was a great place to grow up as a youth once I started becoming to more the gay youth at that time it was still just not the place to be mm-hmm. and I got an internship with Walt Disney World came to Disney started out my first career there um, in the ice cream parlor scooping ice cream and working all the popcorn ice cream wagons and that's where I met uh, DJ Brianna Lee I was about four inches shorter back then <laughs> If you can imagine that. And to clean the freezers in the ice cream parlor, they were like about three gallon jugs deep. And I sat there and said, oh, I got this. I don't need anybody to help me. I was, you know, I had a little bit of that machoism anyway. So I would take a tub of sudsy water, hot sudsy water, dump it into this empty freezer, plug the hole, and then I would turn myself over upside down. And I'm doing a handstand in the bottom <laughs> of this freezer. I'd be cleaning it out. So all you would see are two little tiny legs sticking out the top. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brianna 
was told one night, go help Robert over in the cone shop clean. So when she walked in looking for me, all she saw were these two legs sticking up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, from then she, we became quick friends and she was in the finals at the Parliament House and said, you should come and watch. And I didn't have a lot of local friends then. So I said, okay. Came into the Parliament House. This was one of my first times being there. Scared to death. Sat in the theater with her brother and um, his partner. And she came out and did Vitamina Vegemin. And I thought <laughs> that was cute. And then I started thinking I could do that. So she and her brother, who was also did drag, got me up in the face. And we did our first talent show there. And I we were first runner-up. Didn't win any money. But got qualified for finals. When finals, we were second runner-up. Didn't win any money. But I sat there and said, okay, let's try this one more time. We went to this little bar called Fantasies that isn't around anymore. And I won that night. So in my third week of doing drag, I won a talent contest. They gave me $50 cash. And that moment when they handed me that money, I said, it would take me eight hours at Disney to make this money. And I just did it in five minutes. Wow. <laughs> and, when, and when you first start thinking along those lines, it was almost a survival mechanism. I found a way to make the path easier as I built my career um, at Disney. Mm-hmm. And after a while, all of a sudden, there became a power with it. And there was a lot of self-esteem issues I had as a child and growing up about not thinking I was pretty, not thinking I was cute. And um, all of a sudden, you put on makeup and a wig and you're pretty, even if you're not pretty. If you're the ugliest, busted queen out there, someone's going to tell you you're pretty. It, we see that quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> not naming any names at this point. See, be too Joshua, many to name. you still have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, I had no idea your drag mother... So, uh, DJ Brownlee is your drag mother. I give her all props. A lot of people no will say idea. your drag mothers who, you know, is... A lot of people like to make their drag mother whoever's the most prominent, who is the most famous. I've had a lot of people help me along the way. Um, I did Geraldine Jones, Kim Ross, may she rest in peace. Dana Douglas, may she rest in peace. Shay Shay Larice, uh, Danielle Hunter, Denise Russell. I've had a lot of people help me and um, helping me by mean taking me to their houses, give me makeup lessons, give me hair lessons, give me advice on styling. But the person who started me, who sat there and took me completely raw and said, I just want you to experience this culture and enjoy this culture was DJ Brownlee. So to this day, anybody who enjoys me needs to thank her because without her, I never would have started. Wow. And recently you put up a. Uh you partook in the Throwback Thursday on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Oh, I so did there was see that. The picture from, that was your first night in drag, right? And I bought my everything at the, oh, God, what store was it? I think it was at the 579 store. Back oh, when I was oh. a 579. Oh. Now I'm more like a 10, 12, 14. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I know I, I bought that, that simple little jumper outfit and the bodysuit and I had my cute little Whitney Houston hair and my divine makeup and my size A titty cups in. And when you're going from boy to girl, the slightest changes go you think are all the vavoom you need. And I remember looking those looking in the mirror that night going, Look at my figure, I'm so gorgeous. Now today I'm looking at look at those little baby boobs you're wearing. Oh. <laughs> um, question about your yes. Whitney hair. Now was it was- <laughs> album was it? Was it Whitney Houston debut with the bun or was it like free forming I gotta beat Madonna? It wasn't that I wanna dance with some Betty Mermaid. No, no. It wasn't the bun. It was the short curly um, pop top. This is kind of like a mushroom. Okay. Yeah, okay, I got that it. That one. I got it. 
Whitney's my my patron diva. Makes you rest in peace, girl. I missed you. Uh, it was mm, the day I saw the B fifty twos in concert was the day she died, and I waited all my life to watch that watch them. And then they're like, Whitney Houston died. I'm like, don't play with me. That's not funny. And I checked they my phone. The concert? No, I got oh. a text message from my friend, and he's like, you know, your people are dropping like flies. First Michael, oh. then Whitney. I'm like, oh. don't play with me. That's not funny. Then my other friend's like, girl, I'm so sorry. I hope you're sitting down. Literally scream, dear God, not Whitney too, in the middle of like Mardi Gras. Anyway, oh. I digress. <laughs> um, that was a sad ooh, moment. Ooh, I cried. I had to run to the arms I've, of a man I shouldn't have. I've, 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 <laughs> Ooh, I just needed somebody to hold me through the night. Oh, Lord. <laughs> he wanted to I dance with think, somebody. I'm thankful that she finally, but right before she passed, she got herself rebaptized in the uh, River Jordan. And she did. She did. Yeah. And I'm glad she went out real classy, not with those street level drugs like Crystal. What did she baby, ride on? Baby, I don't know if being in a tub found dead is real classy. I was going to say, mean, with the whole the baptism Hills thing? Hotel. Yeah. Is, it, is it wrong to say that she baptized herself a third time? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Wah, wah, it is wah. too soon, bitch. <laughs> soon it is, you know what before we run off the rails and i have to slap bitches left and right chantel you were telling us about your drag origin story i have a question okay so yes. what was that first transformation like like what was the hardest part would what, what sticks out most foremost in your mind let me tell you there was nothing hard about that transformation what was hard was going back there's there's a strange power and a strange social acceptance for drag queens, and especially in this area, where I didn't like who I was. I had spent years upon years of being told I was nothing, I was worthless, I was a fag, I was this, that, the other. And I've been doing that with Iowa. You know, in the middle of Iowa, I was dealing with this. My worst morning in high school, and it is the stupidest thing, but I was sitting across from one of my girlfriends. We were just sitting there having a good morning. It was before classes started. And of course, the table across the way were like 10 of the worst, most abusive guys in the school. And I was eating some sort of cream filled donut and I took a bite of the donut and a piece of cream <laughs> I laugh now because I'm an adult and I understand what they're saying I was a virgin at the time and a piece of cream had ended up on the side of my on the corner of my mouth and these guys started screaming at me why the fucking come off your face you faggot and I went in my book and I'm just like not even looking at them I'm a, I'm, I know it's happening I'm in sheer panic I don't know how else to handle myself I'm I'm endured this for 15 minutes this onslaught of comments because and I didn't realize that no one knew that I was hearing them they all thought I was so in the book that I wasn't hearing them and that's why I kept coming and then when the warning bell rang for a big classes they all got up and I had this sigh of relief and my girl looked at me she's like were you even did you even hear what they were saying I'm like, I heard every word she's like I didn't even think you were listening to them because you just were so quiet and that's why they kept going it was one of the worst days in high school I can remember and you know when you when you endure those sort of things day after day you know a, a good day for me in high school was only being called fat it twice that was a good day to go from that and realizing these people have molded you and whittled your self-perception down to that you're nothing and then you put on hair and makeup and everybody tells you you're beautiful and they want to talk to you and they want to listen to you it becomes intoxicating and demoralizing at the same time because when you start to embrace the fake side of you the illusion side of you you lose a little bit of who you are and it takes you a while to make the two become harmoniously together. And my friends are looking at me going, damn, bitch, I didn't know you were this deep. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> this 
very is, real. <laughs> this is this is so awesome because to me, so many people who are into comics grew up the same way. Whether they were picked on because they were gay or they're picked on because they were nerdy, because they were a marching band. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. I don't uh, know. Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> the life and times of Brian. Listen, for, for the record, I was a baton twirler and captain my squad my senior year. That did not help my high school reputation, <laughs> but I was fierce with the baton. <laughs> So, but I mean, that escapist nature of what we did in high school to try to deal with the crap that people threw at us, the names, the social anxiety, the, all the crap, that then we find these venues, whether that's superhero comics for mm. some of us, drag for some of us, both in some cases, like like that we can find this, this path to to get out of that and I will say that that now those experiences were so formative to us that we are so amazing and like hardened and not not hardened in a bad way but like honed like that's really cool to me it's almost like I, I think I had this thought the other day because we were after we were listening to something on the radio and I was like man I almost if I had children I'd almost want them to have the same terrible experiences like you know you and I've had or we you're had. going through the crucible a little bit yeah. ah! Because it makes you, I mean, you hear all these very successful people and they all, almost all across the board, they weren't the jocks. They weren't the successful class presidents. They were the ones that were picked on. Well, a big part of that is what it comes down to really is the fact that that's what shapes you and makes you a stronger person. If you don't go through any of those, those, those trials and tribulations, if you just walk through life and you're just sitting there kind of getting everything handed to you, when the shit hits the fan you're done you buckle under that pressure and you don't know how to handle it when you go through it at a younger age and you know i i went through shit i'm nowhere near as bad as that i kind of kept my head down through a lot of it but you know a a lot of the shit that you go through is what makes us the stronger people that we are and what makes us successful um we actually had talked about this and kind of going back to like getting out of drag and the the dual identities when when we met for the most part we met with you as a boy and then you know getting to know you and you becoming you know, a really close friend of ours, then it kind of became a matter of, okay, well, we've got Rob and then we've got Chantel. And for me, I don't know what it is, but I always try to distinguish like boy name versus girl name. When you are in drag, you are that, that person, that character, that, that part of you, almost like it's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of thing. And um, it took me a little bit of while, a little while while we were kind of coming up with this whole premise. And, and I think I said it to you at the bar one night and growing up reading comics, the superheroes always had their secret identity. And that was the biggest secret that they could keep nobody knew who they were when they went out they were in their spandex they were in their costume they had their masks on you know most of them had a mask so they were that person they were spider-man they were you have you know they had these costumes and then they would you know go into their their private lives and you know now they're just walking around and you can call them you know peter parker or scott summers or whatever so for me it kind of became a matter of when i saw you out of drag that was that persona so i was called so you know whenever like when you come to bariochi when you come as as rob you're rob and then when you when you come in when you've come from a gig or you're hosting or helping out at a pageant or whatever you know whatever you're doing and you're working you come you know in full geesh you're chantel and i distinguish that i love the fact that i have two different playlists with you (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the best part you're you're one of the only people Nice. So, so I guess it kind of it, it leads back to how do you deal with that with a lot of people? Because I know you've even said to me that there are people who have no clue what your real name is. Oh gosh, it, you know what? My I'm going to go back 
back to high school. And I have had some incredible educators throughout my um, career and, and throughout life. And one of them was, her name was Mary Pudwell-Kowski. And there was an underlying rule, a thought that when you became a senior in high school, you could call her Mary. You didn't have to call her Mrs. Kowski. But there was always that one moment where the seniors had to ask her permission for it. It wasn't just a given, right? And we're in our senior year in choreography class, and I'm sitting there, and of course, everybody looks to me because I'm the only boy in the class. Well, not that that meant a lot. But they all looked at me to ask her, and so I said, Mrs. Kowski, she said, yes, Rob. And I said, are we allowed to call you Mary now? And she looked at me, and she said, okay, just so you all understand where I'm coming from with this. I really don't care if you call me Mary or Mrs. Kowski, but however you address me, address me as your teacher and the respect it deserves. And I've carried that, actually, throughout everything that I do. Uh, there are a lot of people that will only know me as Chantel. I, I'm blessed to say that this um, career has a bit of a public figure attached to it. Uh, so there, that's how I'm identified. But at the end of the day, how I carry myself and how people view me, however they say whatever name they say, they're saying it with that intent. If I'm a nasty person, it doesn't matter if you call me whatever. You're going to say it with the same intent as if I'm a good person, a caring person, a giving person. And as we address people, we you know a lot of times we even address our friends with, with different names, with hey boo, hey what up boy, hep child. You know, when we do it with a good intent because that's how they care themselves, it's going to come across with how you're addressed. No matter whether it's male, female, positive, you earn your address. And so that's why it doesn't bother me when people, where was I at? Publix. Publix yesterday. <laughs> Just yesterday. I am trying to get some food, trying to get out of there before the storms goes. The cashier looks goes, hey, Miss Chantel. <laughs> now, you know I wasn't up in Geesh, but I sure did turn and looked and said, hey, girl. I said, I'm trying to beat the storm. And all the confused shoppers looked at me and said, looked around. You know, they were going that cashier just called that man Chantel? Because I just came to the from the gym, so I was pumped up. I was good and butch. Until he said Chantel, then the girl had to come out. Said with respect and love. You can't get mad about it. Harper, who this woman? <laughs> um, so you were talking about the first initial transformation and going back and how you felt all of that power. So that's your origin. But let's talk about the hero's journey. Like, how does, how does one start off you know, just I put on a, like a pair of pumps. I got some like lipstick on, maybe some gloss if I'm going for young and nubile <laughs> to like the polished performer who I had the pleasure of seeing like two feet away from me during a wonderful Acheri event where I was the MC. Well, let me tell, let me just tell you before you answer that, it is not that easy because last Halloween I threw on some damn I threw on some damn heel boots and a wig and I cut a, a pair of sh- jeans into a skirt. I didn't feel that power. It was a little. It was a little sad. This may get cut out of the episode. You I'm were. You were a warrior, though. <laughs> I might have been Kesha for Halloween. <laughs> Kesha back before back or after the glitter dumpster. Yeah, well, they, I, I had I had glitter all up in my wig, and you know, they might have. I might have sprayed spray glitter all over me. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, glitter bombings happened. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs> I got so distracted. By the, um, the the process from like what what's your journey been like? Like how do you like perfect your craft? Like I know like the first number you ever did isn't anywhere near as polished as the last number you just performed, or it may have been. Like what have you found to be like the highs, the lows, the ins, the out? 
Wow. Um, I'm probably one of the few entertainers that will tell you beyond the aesthetics mm-hmm. of the makeup and the hair and the padding of the body, my number probably at that point, I started on, on a performance high and then it went downhill as I was learning drag because mm-hmm. I was always a musical theater performer. I was always a dancer. I was a gold level two ballroom dancer before I started doing drag. But the irony of that was I was a lead not a follow so I had to relearn a lot of my I had to learn a lot of the follow and let go of the lead position become the ballroom dancer I am now as the female Mm -hmm. there I think every drag queen goes through a moment where you know we we first hit the scene and then a couple people go oh they see our potential and then they worship us and that's deadly because after you worship us then all of a sudden we go through um, a period of learning everybody's giving us clothes and makeup and tips and hair and you're just showered and then once you get to that cross over that ledge where all of a sudden you start making a mark and you go from a beginner to being a threat mm-hmm. then you get to deal with the other stuff they don't warn you about the the cutthroat and every every story ever fabricated that you hear it was not fabrication it was true it's it is really a dog eat dog business where you have to hide your clothes you know pray things don't get stolen pray things people don't you know torch your gown these things happen it's it's drag gangsters and you have to be careful and after while though when you get some limited success mm-hmm. and you have enough people that worship you they start telling you how pretty you are 24 7 myself included you buy into it and when you buy into it you start to go downhill again and if i didn't have if of all people denise russell who i didn't like who i became i didn't like what drag had done to me i liked the confidence but i didn't like the arrogance that i absorbed and when i start losing contests going and my response was these judges didn't know what they were doing i take a step back and go um, that's not who I was. Mm-hmm. Easily caught up in all of it. Do you find that the uh, and in some communities this is more prominent? I think than Orlando, the drag houses are kind of a uh, sort of an example of that sort of gang mentality that you see, and that they could be very protective of each other and then aggressive against others outside of the house. Uh, I've never been part of a house. Let me first start to say that, but you do see. The sororities and they're very powerful. You know, everybody wants to be a hunter. Everyone's with everybody wants to be a tailor. You know, you get you get these names that are synonymous with success, and you want to be um, you want to be attached to that because it gives you an elevation. But then you have to put up or shut up. I've been very blessed. I have three daughters. Um, and no one knows this because every one of them I said you can be my drag daughter, but you have to have your own name. I've never mm-hmm. let anybody with the with with the exception of um, Drew. At turnabout at Parliament House, <laughs> he's the only one that has ever had the name Rache. But his he between me and Sassy Divine, we put him together, and he was trying to come up with the name. I said, "You should be Rache Divine," because I sounded really pretty mm-hmm. personally. But my other daughters, Amanda Summers, no relation to the Summers here, has been out in California, been doing a fabulous, fabulous comedy show there, of uh, completely separate. And her 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 shtick is Amanda Summers, Miss Gay. No, no, I'm sorry, Amanda Summers. Miss America 19 never <laughs> and you know so she, she her promo is her as as Miss America traditional but you know she she made her own mark and no mm. one would know she's my daughter because she has her own name but I found that very valuable to have my own name so whatever I do with it 
positive or negative, I can have complete ownership of. But the houses are a good safe haven. But with that safe haven, you have to share the, the, the triumphs and the tragedies. And I'm someone who wants to own what I earn. Mm-hmm. That's why I protect my reputation. But So I've had more triumphs and tragedies, but my tragedies I've learned from. So going along with that and you being like this proud, triumphant, independent spirit who sometimes has to look in the mirror and says, girl, don't don't let your wig get too big for your body. What is competing like in pageants? Because I think for most of us who don't secretly at, well, not secretly at night, just I'm up and I'm not tired. So I watch all these like random documentaries and I'll watch Paris is Burning for like the 18,000th time or I'll watch a, a documentary about pageants. And it seems like, oh, you know, there's glitz and glamour and there are different aspects of it. But at its root, it's like a competition and people are trying to cut you out from under them. And like, what is that like? Well, first I have to ask, have you seen my documentary? No, I have not. <gasps> no one told me. See, this Ooh. is why I need a better showrunner and producer. Yes, oh. well, this, I am so tired of people booking me in these chicken shit shows. Can I please get my car keys? This is done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Girl, you in luck. If you had watched it when it first came out, it would cost you twenty bucks. Now you can watch it for two ninety nine on iTunes. And I need to. I keep meaning uh, YouTube too. I think has it or some, some yes, other one. Yeah, red box. It's I cheap now. Well, please. No, this is amazing. This is really cool. You were telling me a story before we started recording about going to Sundance. I'm like, oh my god, what? That's crazy. Yeah, oh. when um, my film came out and they did a documentary on pageants, and it was actually about Miss Gay America. I got an email one day. I'm out of the blue saying, you know, we want to do this documentary. They sent it to every contestant. I said, oh, that sounds like fun. Sure, come meet me. So they came to my room to meet me, and Jake was there, my my dancer, and they started interviewing me, and they said, oh. And Jake was a very polite gentleman. He's like, should I leave? And the guy interviewed me. He said, oh, no, no, no. Everybody's husband usually says, I said, oh, he's not my husband. He's straight. And of course, so that everybody's like, all of a sudden he was like, he's straight. What do you mean he's straight? And he's dancing with you at a gay pageant. No one could wrap their brain around it. Well, then they decided on five other people for their movie. And I'm not stupid. I looked at the website. I saw, I said, oh, that's how the, Alyssa Edwards was one of them. I shouldn't say that, but I'm going to anyway. Oh, I mm. didn't know that. Yes. Well, you, you got secretized to Alyssa and Coco. No, she was Ooh. one of the original people up in the movie. And they got, they, they, for some reason, she ended up not being a part of it. But then they, um, they ended up having to replace a couple of people. That's when they asked Porkchop and I to be a part of it. And it, I remember the, the, the filmmakers were like, oh, we we knew we wanted you the whole time. And I was thinking, I'm, a, I'm an educated man from Iowa with a college degree. I am not looking at this unrealistically. I knew what was going on. I didn't let them know. Didn't matter. I was still getting filmed. So they um, came to Orlando. They filmed me for a couple days and then they filmed me at Nationals and next thing I know, um, well, the promo video came out. Had Victoria DePaula and Alina Maletti. I said, well, I guess I didn't make the movie. No big. So then a couple months later, they called me and they say, hi. I said, hi. I said, oh, well, did you see the promo? I said, yeah, it looks great. And the producer's like, you didn't call us. I said, was I supposed to? And they responded with, well, you're the only one who didn't call to complain that you weren't in the promo. I went, it's a business. It's a movie. I just figured I wasn't right for your project. You just didn't use me. He's like, no warning. We got the director who won a uh, award for Hoop Dreams and he came through and he worked through the whole movie and put a lot of it around you and Victoria Parker because 
because he thought that was the most interesting storyline. So just get ready. Next thing I know, we are showing at Slam Dance, which happens concurrently with Sundance. So it may as well be Sundance just you know the redhead stepchild mm-hmm. because I saw the non politically correct movies and I said oh, oh look it's John Waters for the umpteen time <laughs> I said oh well let me buy a plane ticket and I got a hotel room and I rented a car and Jake decided he would come up and see the premiere because we thought it was just going to be a fun weekend and as soon as we let them know that we were coming they said oh okay then here's your itinerary I went itinerary <laughs> wait I bought this ticket on Southwest you didn't what do you mean itinerary well we had appearances and we were there for the premiere and uh, they were they were so hush hush about it and again there was this big push and this is pop, this is hollywood and all of that there's a big push for victoria depart victoria depala and victoria parker i was in town i was there they were doing this big segment for entertainment tonight and i was in town i could have done it but the producers at this point were so focused on push i'm pushing those two publicly so uh jake and i drive up um, he gets in town. We drive him to Salt Lake City. We were staying. We get there and we go to the venue and um, they want to do their first press interview. Well, they had the two Victorias do their stuff because they were the stars. And then their publicist, not thinking clearly, unfortunately for everybody else but me, said, we need to interview Hot Chocolate and Chantel because we were both there. I don't know if you can, if I can really say this. I'm a public speaker. <laughs> Disney has trained me to be a public speaker. And as I'm having this interview with them, I'm speaking so I'm blessed good education I'm speaking eloquently it's not anything that was ingrained it's something I learned and the poor Victorias who spoke before me not all of a sudden sound like a third grade level compared to what I was talking when I got done with my interview and they said thank you and cut the entire room went into an ovation and that's when everybody's like we didn't know you could talk that way I said you spent all that time with me and you didn't get to know me I from then on was always the forefront speaker for all the press events the Victorias tried to keep up God bless them oh this is getting published isn't it it is what it is. I feel like this is unsung on TV One. I'm so excited. I was I was very I was very lucky with a lot of it. But in the in the middle of the movie, then they hushed us in to watch it for the first time. We hadn't gotten to preview it at all, and that was probably the scariest thing because there were some very honest emotions between Jake and I that we were the best of friends. He is straight, I am gay, and it was a dynamic I had never experienced in my life to be in love with my best friend and not be able to really express how I felt because I knew what the tea was and as we sat down I, I looked at him and said I'm going to tell you right now I'm sorry for anything I might have said in this movie that embarrassed you and he said me too I didn't know he had gotten interviewed when I was in competition and in the movie not to be a spoiler but it's going to be a spoiler baby That's all right. um, he sat there and said if I was a woman or if he was gay we would probably be together and oh my lord y'all <laughs> This is a little bit of a demon for me because he really was and still is one of my best friends in the world. And have a love that that's that's that honest, that the only reason it can't progress physical, uh, further is physical. But to acknowledge it and still know that love can still exist that way. It was one of the hardest things and most beautiful things for me to hear for the first time. And that was his way of telling me, but it was on the screen. And he, I heard him say it on the screen. And I know I started to cry and he put his hand on my knee, which probably was the worst thing and the best thing ever. <laughs> and it was just such a finite moment in our friendship. So then we get to the rest of the movie. And of course, they had lost my luggage. So all I had with me was what I had. So I took my glasses off real quick because heaven forbid my contacts were in my checked bag. And this girl in front of me turns around and goes, oh, my God, I absolutely loved your music I'm, movie. I went, oh, thank you. She, your story is beautiful. I went, 
thank you. We get up there. We do the press conference. We're answering questions. People come up. They're taking photos with us. The girl in front of me came up to tell fo- take photos with me. Uh, she was so sweet. We get back to the condo for the after party. We were a huge success. And they're talking about all the people in the audience. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. Rewind. We were on the street on the way back to the, to our cars, and Liza Dushku goes driving by, and she gets stopped in front of us. And she looks at me, and she goes, you're hot. I went, thanks. And she looks at Jake, and she goes, ooh, but you're hot, too. I was bitter for two seconds. And then I looked at Jake, and I looked at her, and I said, oh, no, baby, it's Liza Dushku. That one's okay. <laughs> So we get back to the condo and they start talking about the people in the audience because there were a hundred and some people there for our world premiere. And they said, well, you saw Sarah Michelle Geller was there. I went, Buffy was not there. And they start laughing. I said, what's so funny? I said, tell. She was sitting right in front of you. And I didn't realize it was her because I didn't have my glasses on. So here I had this full conversation with Buffy. And now it makes sense that she's sitting there looking at that little smile. And I'm going, in my mind, I was going, why is she looking at me that way? She's waiting for me to recognize her. <laughs> I had no, child, I was so stupid. Oh. I am totally jealous that you just had one story that involved two slayers. I know. Uh, yeah. I but where was Kendra? <laughs> I ask you that. Where was Kendra? That bitch is dead with Mr. Pointy. <laughs> she and Mr. Pointy are not needed in the story. <laughs> My heart just broke a little when you said Eliza Dushku. She looked good, too. Oh, you know who didn't look good? <laughs> Angelica Houston, child. <laughs> really? Angelica tore up from the floor up, baby. Makeup does wonders for her. Um, yeah, you think? <laughs> she went walking by um, it was amazing because they say Sundance if you can go you see celebrities everywhere yeah she went walking by and went ooh <laughs> and then we were on our way to a photo shoot this is completely off a of drag it just has to do with that but that's okay no no, no. Um, we're rolling with we're it we're on our way to a photo shoot that was delayed and they're like well we have to go to our other screening why is it delayed I said they had to bump someone in front of you it was Getty Images their photo shoot so they, they everybody I looked at Victoria Parker who also <laughs> looks like she saw a ghost can't speak can't look nothing's coming out of her mouth I went What's wrong? This forgive the description, child. This black man walks by us, and she's like, ah, 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 ah. Went, "Girl, what is your problem?" She's like, "That was Sean Combs." I said, "Sean Combs," and my mind started really. I went, "Raised in the sun." Right when I did said that, I looked and realized, and out come the van, come Felicia Rashad, who I knew in a heartbeat. Ooh, ooh. And here goes, huh? And then Anika Nona Rose, like, huh? Yeah, it was a good day to be a queen. <laughs> I love Sundance. Oh, that, that I don't was know an amazing you, story. I don't even know what your question was, but that's where it went. No, I feel like <laughs> it answered like that and several more. Um, well, obviously you are a big geek. Yes. And this is something that we talked about in our last interview. <laughs> You admitted to me that you you were a comics collector. I sure was. Yes, I still have them too. Oh, that's right. Mother shipped them all to me. They're sitting in boxes right now. I thought about selling them and try to buy a gown, but you there they <laughs> you might get five bucks. No, it's, so I have the original Teen Titans, New Teen Titans. Don't try me. I know that's worth more than five dollars. Well, so who? What were your favorite <laughs> books when you were collecting? Oh my gosh. Okay, first of all, I started off with Harvey Comics because I want I wanted the lifestyle Richie Rich. <laughs> I oh love all of his money. I like the diversity of Dial H for Hero. Oh. Although none of mine ever submitted, ever got se- se- selected. I loved my escapism. I loved Princess Amethyst. Oh. Amethyst. I love Amethyst. It's so funny because both of these tiles have been brought back in the last year. And then canceled. Well, and then canceled. <laughs> I, well, I'm not in the scene no more because, you know, I have a mortgage. Yeah. So I have to be careful when I spend my money <laughs> Oh, don't let that stop. You doesn't stop me. So, and, 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 yeah, and, and, it, hasn't, it hasn't stopped our okay, run I have a mortgage and a drag career. Oh, that's true. 
<laughs> it's very limited. Um, I did like Prince, though I didn't like how she had to die at the end and be reborn and and be blind, but could still see. That was very confusing to me. Oh, the blonde seer. Oh, she was very kind. I never. I'm sad to say, I never really got into Marvel, yeah. which was amazing because I knew that was everybody's big thing. But I was such a devoted fan of Wonder Woman. As I sit there and grab my left breast, <laughs> I was such a devoted fan of Wonder Woman that I was so DC comic oriented. Mm-hmm. So I did. Um, I did have the entire new Teen Titans series. I loved Starfire. I felt sorry for her crippled s- sister who couldn't fly. But too bad for her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was very confused that Robin kept switching up just like members of Menudo. Uh, <laughs> That's a very apt description. Oh, my God. I've never he thought pu- about it in that terms. <laughs> he hit puberty and that was it. No, Robin. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You can't be right. You're now Nightwing. And they keep getting younger. No. <laughs> you know. He's, he's um, the Ricky Martin of the DC universe. I love it. In, in my fantasy world, I love my mother. I love my mother to pieces. But as a child, you know, you don't think along those lines. So as a child, I wanted my parents to be... Superman and Wonder Woman. That way I had the ability to fly, but when I was tired, I have an invisible jet to take. <laughs> and I had great jewelry. So well thought out. It was very it was very methodical. Oh I wish Eric was here for this interview because oh. his Wonder Woman accessories would have been fantastic oh. on Chantel. Oh, they're so fantastic. Can, can we get you can your next number be a Wonder Woman number? So, uh, no, I've been Nubia. I can see As that. Silence hushes across this room. Oh, no, I can see that. You know Nubia mm-hmm. because it's in your culture. Yep. Yes. <laughs> I'm not try- like that bitch Isis. Oh, I'm so mad at Isis. Zephyr winds so strong and high. Lift me now so I can fly. <laughs> yeah, Charles, someone give her a quaalude. Uh, she was always just, uh, just whatever. Now, so, so is she like the is she the DC equivalent of Storm from the '90s X-Men cartoon, where she always had to have a soliloquy before she could use her powers? It takes too much time. <laughs> I did pop and circus. Y'all remember, y'all remember the '90s cartoon yeah. with Storm always like, "Gods from the east, bring me power so I can bring a storm upon you." Like she had a whole like a it's paragraph a mutant, before you know, girl, she put a fucking in the hood she would have been shot before that would happen. <laughs> As you talk, almost like in Indiana Jones, where that guy's whipping with that whip, and oh. Indy goes, "Bam! I ain't got God. time for this." Oh, no. <laughs> she'd be like, "Bam!" How'd that feel that? to you? I'm telling you, the next time Chantel, because Chantel did like Oral said, did perform at a fundraiser, a map fundraiser at a comic shop. <laughs> did fabulous numbers. We've got some pictures. Ooh, that got are dressed born. in an office that was hotter than Hades. Oh. Oh. Child, y'all put me through it that night. But it's okay. It's okay. I was all right. I was in Wee Winehouse. I was drugged up anyway. <laughs> Not really, people, but just go with it. So next time, next time we do a fundraiser, ooh, maybe at the Skip Enders game event that we're doing on November 1st. The what? Oh. So so on, on November 1st, as part of the Geeks Out Skip Enders game movement, because they are boycotting um, Orson Enders Scott game. Card's Enders game because of his past with his... Um, Past, present, future, you know. He's his... just crazy Mormon. Yes. And I love some Mormons, and they're usually very nice. Mormons are fantastic. Well, he well, is he crazy could, Mormon. He could be fabulously nice, he's, but he could still be a dick. He is uh, part of the NOM organization. He's funded the Prop 8 stuff in California. He basically is against all gay rights and gay marriage. Very outspoken. But you know what? I'm, I'm, this is going to sound very strange to me from coming from, um, on this side of the tracks. I appreciate those people because when you're born and raised in an area where racism and bigotry and hatred 
is you know quiet and and just behind the scenes you subtle subtle <laughs> you don't get change mm. you need those ignorant people out there to make people make a choice and you're seeing it so you know i'm so glad you're so stupid and outspoken because the more you talk well, loud and stupid the more we're able to get people motivated to what we need to do well that is very true and uh, without i would still like to we wouldn't have Spender's game so <laughs> thank you orson scott Carr, for giving this great occasion to protest your movie i mean so. chick-fil-a itself but i said the same we support have sat there and said a riot you know i, I, I still like chick-fil-a though i have a confession to make uh-huh. i got me some black market waffle fries <laughs> this, past, this past like two months i come in people come into the store i'm just like how dare you bring this filth into my store that'll be three waffle fries please you got some polynesian sauce you got some polynesian sauce well, girl when you don't pay for it it's okay so if someone wants to bring us chick-fil-a i will not say no you you have at least I, downloaded some waffle fries it's okay exactly. it is I, okay i will drink the jesus juice <laughs> but you guys you know oh my god did y'all see so off topic but that's okay because you gave me that planter's punch um <laughs> did y'all see that prime minister interview on youtube on how yes why the australian he switched, oh, so also how he switched his views on um gay marriage and gay lifestyle mm-hmm. no yeah. it was brilliant because his his uh, a pastor asked him how challenging cha- yeah, yeah, yeah he oh, challenged yeah. him he didn't yeah. ask me challenged him it was in go ahead baby no no no, no. you please no, you, I, I, you're I watched, fine i watched part of it and what's funny is australia is very conservative uh overall as a culture and and that prime minister particularly is very conservative politically but socially he was very articulate about how his religion his he's a christian had no issues with gays and lesbians because god made them that way and was just so it was very beautiful the way he explained it i i won't even do it justice but i'll but not that i'll do it justice but the whole premise behind what he said is everything within god's law ultimately was about love and loving thy fellow man everything else it was a subset and if you truly believed in god's law you were truly a christian then you believed love trumped everything and it, it whether it is a preordained position is that the right word you yeah, can say that sure. if, if you're born that way or if you choose to be that way as long as you live in the in the uh, god's eyes of love then your choices were right and when you go back to a book he sat there and said the 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 man who brought up the question said issues about you know homosexuality being an abomination according to the book and he responded with the good book also says slaves should honor thy master which is so completely out of the times and he spoke about how you must evolve with the times to be a better society and this book was bi- written at a time when society was what it was I'm going to say something very thought provoking I would like to think I can believe that God did not want homosexuality in the beginning because how in the world are you going to populate this world if you only have two people to start with? <laughs> the job is done. We here. We can slow down the process a bit. Look at China. Oh. More gays there, less babies. Everybody's happy. <laughs> I do love that idea that gays and lesbians are becoming more and more uh, prominent and uh, common as a reaction to the population control. Uh, you know, I do believe people and and cultures and religions can change throughout time. I mean, really, where else will you find a red lobster but the South? And if we weren't supposed to eat crustaceans, they wouldn't taste so good with butter and garlic sauce. <laughs> And adobo. Hallelujah. I've never had Hallelujah. lobster with adobo. 
You live in a house with a Puerto Rican now. There's a double here. Get some lobster. You'll be okay. Well, let's try that. So, uh, oh, we're going to have lobster next week? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Right I will, we'll, we'll do a that. viewing party with lobster, <laughs> butter sauce, adobo, Ooh. and what, your, your uh, movie. You started talking about Skip Ender's Game. Uh, yes. So back to Skip oh. Ender's Game. <laughs> I only want to make so sure. No, tangents. no, no. I love the tangents. I just want to make sure that because this will be coming out around the time that, well, actually close to like beginning of October or whatever. So, you know, it'll be coming up if. Yes. So uh, at the comic shop, it'll be on September first mm-hmm. of September, November first. It is close to September first now, and it will be uh, potentially quite a nice little flame on event. And uh, Pat will be. You there. do know I'm working, right? You will. You'll be working there. You'll be working it at a comic shop. So oh, yeah. so we'll figure out a way because I actually want to do a live recording, and maybe we can have from like the a, register. Yes, we can have like I can hook up a wireless microphone. Yeah, Don't you worry, we will get you there. You <laughs> can interview with my head. Ooh, it's like the Macy's Thanksgiving oh Day Parade. Girl, it'll be just like just like Gay Days. Oh Not God. this last one, the one before that, where we tried the wireless microphone and sent you out there. We can get Ronell to come back and do a little guest spot now. And then and then we said, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. And then there was six minutes of music and nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, just complete saying. side note before we get back to our special guest. <laughs> Do you know that Ronnell is actually a meme? No. Yes. Wait, is this in the watermelon thing? Is it? No. A this what? is this is the um a what the Beyonce a, a, a meme. meme like um like a, a viral internet viral picture, yeah. picture video thing goes around uh, the internet. Okay, screaming goats. Any of these things? Oh, I haven't seen. Oh that. my god! I had that. Or or the or like Keanu Reeves grumpy with cat. those the grumpy cat. Is this so? In other words, for for someone who is not really into all of this one of those stupid videos that when it pops up you have to take two yes. seconds to watch yeah. epic twerk fail the twerking fail <gasps> yeah poor okay, thing so that's, okay, so that's a meme okay, okay got it so Ronaldo's well, a meme I need was, one of those he was at a Beyonce concert in LA and he got chosen to go on stage with Beyonce he must have had good seats he did he paid and for that and he went berserk the problem is is that you know Ronell once you've met him he's got a face you'll always remember yes is that a good thing yeah and so <laughs> he you know reacted like any good gay would uh-huh and they took a when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Picture of it because you know, oh, no. oh fan got to go. Ooh, girl, it's gone everywhere. Really, <laughs> everywhere. Chantel, so yes. we've seen you and we've exposed you to some more people at a comic shop, and they absolutely loved you. You floored, Ooh. except those people playing poker. 
Well, they were busy playing poker, but they were losing. That was why they well, were busy. True. They're busy. The the biggest reaction that the crowd had was a, an overall just amaze at how well you did in your performance and all of that. Aww. So, besides your random amazing charity event appearances at a comic shop, where else can we see you perform at Chantal Roche? I am regularly on Showcast at Bananas Diner every Sunday for Gospel Brunch. Hallelujah. Let me tell you how mad I am that every time that I gotta work and I can't go to a gospel brunch, it tears at my soul each and every day, and I feel myself falling further and further from the good Lord's graces. Well, we need to get you and Eric. We'll we'll ask Eric to cover a Sunday for you, and then we'll all go and see Chantel perform. Well, isn't there another? Isn't Adam? Is there Adam? Down for a day. We'll get somebody to work for you. Brian will work there for you. Yeah, seriously. Wait, comic shops are open on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's open. Sunday from noon to six. The problem is when I brunch, I really am not good for anything but talking to people afterwards. <laughs> Baby, just because you get chicken and waffles does not mean you need to get a mimosa to wash it down. Ooh. But what what is brunch but not Brunch food? is food. And booze. No. No, no. I've never been to a brunch Girl, past one. the age of 21 where I have not had at least six or seven Wait drinks. a minute. We went to dim sum and you didn't have alcohol. Dim sum is different. That's brunch. I was drinking tea. And then right afterwards, I drank a case of wine oh, with some friends. <laughs> and dim then went sum. to a fancy restaurant. Dim sum, unlike the Denny's in Las Vegas, apparently, does not have a full bar. Or at least right. a bar period to to offer libations. Mm. You know Oral's going to be buying that bottle. The bottle service? Yes, bottle service at bananas. Mm-hmm. Oh, just you like know the we have Icon bottle Lounge. service at the Parliament House now too. Mm, yes. The Icon Lounge I, by Grey Goose. Very swanky. Mm-hmm. We got to make sure we say Grey Goose because otherwise they'll try to sue us. I don't know if they will, but you know. So yeah, where else know. are you? <laughs> I might do an occasional pool game at the Parliament House on Saturdays, mm-hmm. but performance-wise, I pretty much just am at um, Bananas Diner and Funky Monkey restaurants. Occasionally, I'm at Point Orlando at a Funky Monkey there, but I spend a lot more of my time these days competing nationally and then also producing the shows at the Parliament House. So you were saying that you compete in pageants. I do. You and I, I know this because I may have worn this crown. Um, I'm not going to admit or deny this um, but you recently competed and won a crown. <laughs> Maybe not recently. It was several months ago. It's yeah. just well, I, I, early, early, early in the sea pageant season. Yes, I went to Western States and well, I went to Phoenix, Arizona, and won Miss Gay Western States America. And when you came back, the first thing you did, you got off the plane, I, you drove your happy ass on over to Barioke, crown and all. Sure did. I won the war. I wanted to show the spoils. It was a fabulous crown. Oh, thank you. They thank are you. impressive. I will say this: drag crowns are impressive crowns. You know what's funny about America? They have a standard crown. Like oh, other yeah. systems. They can uh, kind of mix and match their crowns until you get to the national level. America, every level is a standard crown. The first time I won my second crown in America, they crowned me, and my first first thought was, I already have that one. (laughs) (laughs) If you come into my house, I can tell you, Pat, I have nine of those crowns. (laughs) I have enough that I can make bracelets and necklaces. (laughs) (laughs) If I want to bust them up, I could make an entire crown dress if I wanted to. That's how much I have not won the national title. Well, the funny part, and, and to completely go off a of drag for a hot second, we were watching Wipeout, and I they did their blind show. date Wipeout, and one of the one of the girls that they brought out as the blind date was a, a, a pageant queen, oh, and Lord. she walks out with the big-ass crown, and Brian and I both saw and were like, did she win a drag pageant? <laughs> 
Because it was the same exact crown. Messy. <laughs> Messy. Well, I I have a question. Yes. So for the young ones, not to say that you're older, but you're you're seasoned. seasoned you're I'm older. <laughs> um, for the young ones looking to get into drag, what what are some of the do's and don'ts? The first don't is don't rely on drag to pay your bills. That's the the biggest biggest red flag. I can tell you right now. I've, I'm blessed. I'm a college graduate. I have a full time job. I've always had a full time job, completely separate from the from the industry. Um, there was at one point. I was making more money as Chantel than I was in my day job. But because drag is entertainment and it's fickle, the minute you get on someone's bad side, they take that away from you. You are penniless. Mm-hmm. Always have a real job. On the dues, do embrace the fact that you're not perfect. No matter where you're at, no matter how much success you've had, know that there's always something newer, bigger, brighter, better, prettier, fancier, sexier that you can aspire to. We are an image-based industry. It's not like being an accountant. You're an accountant. It is purely your output that is is evaluated. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter how much your personality is. If you can put out all of this stuff and it's accurate, and you make the business money. You're going to get rewarded. Drag is not that. Drag is about creating illusions, creating energies, entertaining your people, staying fresh, staying current. Carol Channing is who she is because she made a name for herself back in the day. If she tried to do that same exact thing in something new, they would laugh at her mm-hmm. because it's not current. But she has such a huge standing with who she was. That's what keeps her viable. Madonna is probably the best example of keeping up with the times. If she tried to do like a virgin today, people would laugh at her. But she's changed her style to go with the period. As a queen, you have to mimic those exact movements. Know what's current and try to stay ahead of the current. You know, at this point, no one should be doing pussycat dolls. That's still a thing. (laughs) Because it's not not even old enough to be old school yet. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in the past. You know, you have Kesha now. You have, um, for the boy entertainers, we just had Mr. Continental. Not one of them did blurred lines. I'm like, that's one of the hottest songs right now because of what happened with Miley Cyrus. Though we just had an entertainer at the Palmer House. Miley Cyrus makes a fool of herself because she's stupid and Billy Ray should have smacked her ass a few more times. But the queen that came this past weekend had the Miley Cyrus bear on her chest, had the big old bear on her back, and she made her money because she stayed on top of the curve. You gotta stay current. You gotta be very aware of what's going on. And if you think that this is about just being beautiful, you're gonna fall on your face. Case and point, but on, on the good spectrum and not the bad I was at P House a couple of weeks ago for a friend's birthday and so um, we were watching the show we were second row in oh. and it's the drag queen from Jacksonville um, Barbie thank you she is she's one of my new favorites because that bit came out in full neon zebra print and did the aria from the fifth element oh my and god so you had what? all the gay geeks losing their shit holy shit and i'm trying i'm just like i gotta reach in and find some type of money yeah. didn't get there in time she was already doing her final battle oh but i'm just like god she would have still taken it had you made the effort I, you know and then i thought well you know what girl i didn't make it i mean even though i'm a second row and you probably saw me here's five dollars on the dance floor i just but anyway as long as you got it to her it was phenomenal because she did something super out there and experimental and only a few of us got it but the few of us who got it we were like you just killed me bitch you just took me to church and back and she's young she's smart and she understands it's not about being body beautiful 24 7 body beautiful helps Mm -hmm. but you gotta know your audience 
audience. You got to know who's coming to watch you. You got to know what's going to pull them in and what they're going to enjoy. We can take entertainment so many different directions, but it's kind of like going in up in the Cowboys there on OBT and sitting there and trying to do a rock concert. Mm-hmm. It's a country bar. Same thing with you know popping into the new Phoenix on one of the lesbian nights and doing a song you know about you know wanting Amanda seduce you. That's not going to play. I walk in there and I do. I hate men. Uh, is it oh, every also, night it. a lesbian night at New Phoenix? <laughs> yeah, I kind of thought that. Some more so than others. Like, just like Revolution. Ooh. That we ceded to the lesbians years yep. ago. <laughs> Lost it in the war. Oh. Never got it back. But Fuego Fridays used they to be their shit. place. They need their place. Sure they do. I love lesbians. Overbody in the state. But Giselle is amazing. Giselle is one of my favorites to, to photograph. Partially because she is such an entertainer and plays to the crowd. Yes. And she is all over and doing all of these things and just kind of trying to stretch her boundaries. Mm-hmm. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. That means he's tired of talking. So no, he's no, I could talk for hours, but <laughs> I don't want to talk for hours. Just I don't want to be accused of monopolizing your time. I mean, you're a very, very busy woman. You're an entertainer. You run Not an tonight. empire. I'm good. I'm drinking and I'm with friends. Keep going. Come on. Okay. <laughs> well then, folks, you're in it for another like 10 to 20 minutes. Ask, okay. ask the dark, dirty okay, questions. So ask is, me the dish. Is, Come okay. on. Do we have, do we have so we're going to get there. We're gonna, ooh, it's like Ricky Lake back in the day. Not a new Ricky. I can't do new Ricky. Okay. She's back. So, Come at me. Come on. Okay. So she is back, but her show is still. It's good. terrible. Okay. So what I want to know is mm. what is from the inside out the drag scene like in Orlando? It's splintered. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very splintered. No, honestly, what you're going to find in the drag community right now, we've gone through a series of social disruption. Mm-hmm. That's why I can put it. You have a faction of these are the boy queens, these are the girl queens. Your boys who have no work done and the ones who start becoming tranny. There's a slight confusion. Here's where I start getting in trouble for being honest, but it's what I feel. Slight confusion for those who want to become tranny because of the business mm-hmm. as opposed to those who want to become tranny because it's what they want their lives to be. Uh-huh. I will always support anybody for doing what they want for their life. I will never support anybody for augmenting their body just for a job. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're going to end up presenting it, and then you're going to end up being a opponent of it mm-hmm. because you had a bad experience. Uh, the drag community here in Orlando, you still deal with people who think the novelty is being tranny. Uh-huh. The boy queens do not have the same respect as our, our tranny queens. And that's my my observation. If you look at what the boy queens do in all the clubs, they handle your comedy. They handle your happy hour. They handle the lighter stuff. But when you get to the weekend where it is the diva positions, um, nine times out of ten, it's going to be a transsexual. Which I have a hard time saying that because a lot of them I work with and mm. I know their work ethic is honest and and sincere and they produce a good product but a lot does not mean all and when you have those few bad seeds in there it does cast a dark shadow on all so it is it's not you know 100 percent. but orlando went from transsexuals being the novelty to transsexuals being the norm and a lot of people i I speak to in my travels want to go back to it being a novelty but at the same time these are our sisters who are part of our community and when we deal with still hatred outside of it my question 
personally is, is this a battle worth discussing and arguing and fighting for right now when as a community, we push came to shove, we would all still unite to defy those people who are trying to say we're not normal, we're not deserving, not worthy as a community. So it, it's a catch-22 for me. Uh-huh. It's toe the line now, we'll deal with all the little stuff later. And then I'll deal with the local Well, and it is so weird because like, I go up to D.C. a lot, and D.C. is very much, it is, is novelty. I mean, their drag community is traditional, old school, it's drag, it's not transsexuals. And so I've always found it odd and kind of interesting, and, and I'm from South Florida, and it was the same thing down there, although it may have changed, I don't know. I guess... It really shouldn't matter because whether or not they live their lives as uh, women outside the bar or not, it doesn't matter. You know, the only difference really when it comes down to it is padding or enhancements. And so who cares? And honestly, for our work, you know, Danielle Hunter, she is who she is. Who I say one of the biggest supporters I've ever had in my life and one of the most compassionate people. And, you know, she, she lives her life the way she lives it. You know, Sassy Divine also. As much as I have that opinion, I, I feel almost like... Like I betray myself because some of the best people in my world right now who want to see my dreams come true and who want to support me live that lifestyle. So as much as I say it one direction, I look back at my positive examples. I don't think there's near enough of them. But those those few examples just really make me embrace that they're happy. Mm-hmm. But as an entertainment venue, again, I still get torn by saying it. But when we were back in the day when they were the exception and not the norm, they were better, more welcome and more well Received, But then I look at people like locally. I look at Carolee Miss Sammy. I look at Gidget Galore. I look at Addison Taylor. I look at their comedy venues. I look at their happy hours, their pool games. I look at their bingos. And they're just as viable. Mm -hmm. And they're just as appreciated. And then you get the community splinter where you have people who sit there and say, we want the boy drag. And then you get the tranny parties where we deal with, you know, the eroticism of it which has a whole nother element. And you take all of this and you get overwhelmed by it for a hot second. And then you think Pat Robertson lumps us all in one Mm. and say, none of it's viable. And that's what brings us back as a community where we have that blessing of being superficially stupid and saying, well, I'm better than you. And when realizing as a community, we're stronger against those powers that are still trying to tear us down. Saying stupid things like, Oh, we were we 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 are, our mission is to pass AIDS off to everybody. Oh my God, the rings, the AIDS the rings. rings. I'm like, what the hell? What stupidity <sighs> still reigns? Racism, bigotry, fear of gays. I'm gonna tell you honestly, the only change that's gonna happen is when those people die off. Well, lots of them are old and not dying soon enough. Not yeah. that I'm gonna speed it up, but Lord knows I can pray. At least for the it. networks are editing them now. That's the nice thing. When the 700 Club has to edit Pat Robertson, you know the times have changed. Well, I just worry that it doesn't matter even when they die off because they're having kids and they're there's always going to be that element no matter what. They're moving they're, all they're all moving to Russia. So <laughs> Well, that that might help. Well, you know, and this is not to say that cuz I I grew up Southern Baptist, so oh, I got too. Yeah, I got the <laughs> I got the highs and the lows mm. and a lot of that just keep your mouth shut in church sitting in the first mm. pew and nobody will recognize. But um some of my best friends came from like very strict religious households where there weren't many very very many freedoms and yep. you know I met them in school I met them through mutual friends and my superpower if I have one it's that parents love me I introduce myself I'm very eloquent I'm very polite and I have I have 
parents to this day who say you're not going to church because of your friend Oral. And they're like, no, it's just I've grown up and I you know, no longer feel the need to go to church anymore. It's like, well, you know, if you ever want to invite him over to dinner still, please feel free. Let him know that I'm praying for him. Like your daughter's going to hell, but you still want to invite me over for dinner. I think I'm doing a good job. <laughs> and it's like that new generation, like yeah. don't discount us because we're there. And, you know, we're very pliable. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I grew up very religious and it affected me, but it did not make me. And so, so I think it, it tempers you, but it doesn't uh, make you as whole old school intolerant, you know, Vladimir Putin sort of. Uh, so it's safe to say all of your friends' parents loved oral. I hate you so much. <laughs> On so many levels. Let me tell you, not having anything to do with being gay. O-R-A-L. But being being of an ethnic nature, which... A black man named Oral, yeah. These two two children can't understand, but Oral, you definitely can. Mm -hmm. It was very weird for me growing up. And this is what I think started tempering my personality growing up. It's very odd being a young child, you know, six, seven years old. And, you know, you have a play date with a friend and you show up at the door and you go knock at the door because, you know, it's Iowa. You can walk to everybody's house and it's hi. And you see that, you know, your friend welcomes you to the door. You walk in the house and you meet the parents. They go, oh, <laughs> and then five minutes later, oh, Robbie, I'm sorry. We have to go over to grandma. She just had a fall. You're going to have to go home. And you all of a sudden realize you have to get in the habit of asking your friends when they say, you want to come over and play, say, do your family know I'm black? And as a child, you didn't really understand the entire social emphasis of that. But you Girl, understood. And you got the good hair. Right? I did have the good Ooh, hair. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, 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 had, you had to actually, I had to experience that quite a bit as a child, mm-hmm. knowing that I tell my friends, do your family know I'm black? And they were like, huh? And I bless my friends, didn't get the question. But uh, after a while, they understood. And I had some that were very, very close. Um, my friend, my closest friend, my oldest friend, Ben Schaefer, uh, we met in kindergarten. We became closest friends because we were the two shortest boys in the class. You know, safety num- numbers. He is now married. He has three beautiful children. His wife is wonderful. They came to Disney. And for the first time, he came to Disney with his wife, his children, and his parents. But it was so so nice that they were came in, coming off the Wedway People Mover. Very relaxing ride for those of you who just want one of my favorites mm-hmm. it's very peaceful oh, and yes. you can have a beverage and not realize it mm-hmm. yeah take it right there and as soon as you start to go you just pull it right out and just enjoy going through everything but I'm out there and, and waiting for them to come off the ride and of course I'm on my phone texting because I'm like where are they at I look up and see I see my little girls waving at me I was called oh, they're my babies I should be their godfather fairy godmother whatever <laughs> and here it comes in and all of a sudden I see his parents and they looked at me and they looked the same to me just a little older but they looked exactly the same because we grew up that way and they're the ones that have always embraced me ever since I was five years old and it was weird they said you know we haven't seen you since you graduated high school I had to think about it because I kept seeing Ben and his family coming to visit me and all of a sudden here I start showing my age I hadn't seen them in over 20 years and to still feel that love from them they're such good people in this world that are like that and then you have the bad ones that sit there and screw everything over we just have to fight yep so real quick before you get into your question keep that in mind okay so this is going to come out probably a little bit afterwards but you've got two pageants coming up I do oh lord and one one has a very a very funny video which I (laughs) I finally got around to watching it took me it took me about a week or so to to find 
finally get around to watching it and then i shared it because we want to we want to support you you know flame on and bears in the city want to support our girl thank you um, thank you so so tell us about the two pageants coming up two um distinctly different pageants um, the one coming up which when is this gonna be is it's, it's gonna be a while it's gonna be afterwards so okay folks i'm not gonna speak in past tense <laughs> and i'm gonna speak as if it was a wonderful pageant <laughs> and please google to see if i'm saying that facetiously or if it's real and i have the crown okay <laughs> no um every year there's a pageant called mist america m-i-s-s apostrophe d america it started off about 20 years ago um all the supporters of traditional miss america and like city um after one year after the pageant they all got together and they decided you know they missed the pageant so they have their own so it was, it was a big old joke it was a, just a fun good time and unwind well they started having it every year that escalated to people started to come and watch it and then they all of a sudden realized they didn't tear down the america set at boardwalk hall so one year they decided to have it in boardwalk hall on the traditional set they started selling money it started becoming a fundraiser then miss america traditional decided that it need to broaden its horizons and it went off to las vegas that ended both pageants for atlantic city a couple years ago hill and schultz foundation two very generous generous men decided they wanted to do a fundraiser for the glbt community in atlantic city so while miss america was in atlantic city miss america was while miss america was in las vegas miss america was brought back to atlantic city in boardwalk hall in the tradition of miss america right down to the miss america set the Miss America runway, the Miss America quality. Um, they put their money into it and they would get celebrity guests. And they took a pageant that was once a joke pageant and they turned it into a refined, legitimate pageant as far as contestant quality. Michelle Dupree won the first year they brought it back. Since then, it was it had two more years. The second year, again, it was a higher quality. Then they wanted to reach out and they wanted to make it a nationwide pageant. And that's when they started trying to recruit people from across the country. Um, Victoria Parker and I were two of the people that were very generously allowed to be a part of the pageant. And I say that because their production quality was insane for me. For having been in pageants where I have to pay for everything, my airfare was provided. My uh, stay at resorts, hotels, and casinos was absolutely provided. There was a swag bag with over $1,000 worth of products, stemware, eyeglasses. Wow. Stemware? Stem- Ooh, yes, stemware. You had me stemware. The quality was insane. And I got to do something I loved in, and I even said this, in a place that I absolutely grew to love. And it was all in the sense of charity. And um, the first year I did it, I did a spoof on Mulan, which 1,500 people came to watch this pageant. That's there. So it's almost like Orlando's headdress ball, hmm. which I have yet to go to. Wink, wink. Who, anybody who has connections, baby, I ain't never been to it. Yeah, so yeah. You know, same yeah, who volunteers for that? Yes, I know somebody who now, shall not be named. Did you do the same Mulan with the video like we saw? Absolutely, that was spectacular. It was, it was um, so good. It was my multimedia, and the one thing I liked about it is it's different to do. For um, I, I hope that everybody can eventually see my Mulan number. Um, it's from uh, the Broadway. Not, no, I'm sorry, can't even say Broadway. It is from the musical uh, Disenchanted Bitches of the Kingdom, which has been through several, several film, uh, film festivals. Good Lord, again, French festivals. French festival. Thank you. You're welcome. I do quite a bit, and it tours quite a bit. It, it's coming back here to Orlando. Um, if you have a chance to go see it, it's a sp- uh, not a spoof of what happens to the princesses with happily ever after probably a little bit more real world with what the princesses endure but i was very blessed that i did this whole multimedia presentation with my talent that i got a standing ovation in a city where no one knew me that i did not have a single 
personal supporter that knew me, but they appreciated the talent. They pre- appreciate the political message behind everything I did and I made top five and that's where the buck stopped um, I didn't make top three and I was okay with that because in the end it wasn't like other pageants I do it's about the charity about raising the money and providing them a good product that they could justify the tickets that they sold mm-hmm. and raise the money for their community so that's what I'm going to go do in two weeks um, this year I'm not going political I'm going pure Disney and I'm going to do my recreation of Belle for the children and then in in five weeks, I'll be at St. Louis competing for Miss Gay America, which I've competed at. If I lose this year, I will have beaten the record for most number of attempts. Oh, my God. You'll be the Lucci. Susan Lucci. Oh, yes. <laughs> it, it, it is right there. Um, every year in pageant, we do our best to try to avoid the pitfalls. I Oh, my gosh. Y'all, y'all don't even know this. Um, but yeah. we will in two seconds. Yeah. This year's trauma right now is I was trying to go in with two brand new gowns and the makers of my gown made the first one just fine and then my friend decided to help me out and pay for the second gown they can't get it together that he paid for the second gown so uh, they're communicating with him asking questions about the gown he ordered and I'm communicating back with attaching all his correspondence going we're talking about the same gown they keep telling me we haven't gotten your payment I'm five weeks out so I may not have my final night gown and I have to not figure out what I'm doing um, that'll happen today oh life sucks <laughs> but uh, could we get you a gown with a sequin bears in the city logo I would I would I'm trying to put my own business over all right shh Calm down. Um, well, you C- know what? Curly locks in the back. We're good to go. There you go. Well, that, that leads into like a really good question. How does one get ready for pageants? Like, what is the process? Like, when do you start? Do you like sit down, you know, New Year's Day and just like, mm, have my black beans and like black eyed peas and rice. And now <laughs> I'm going to this pageant in February. It's so like I applying to- for college. Yeah. You know, that's probably the best analogy applying for college because when you start to apply for college, you don't apply for one. Right. Yeah. You apply for several. Uh, when you decide to become a pageant queen, it's not for one event. It is a commitment that's going to be ongoing. Very rarely does anybody win their first time. And if they do, they have screwed themselves. If I had won my first year, I would have been a hot mess as Miss Gay America because I wouldn't have known the job. Had I won any time prior to this, well, in the first five years, I still would not have known what I was doing. I remember what one interview they said, um, you have a full-time job at Disney, you have a full-time job at Problem House. How are you going to handle it? And I looked at him and said, oh, I have three weeks paid vacation. I'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that naivety is is detrimental. Uh, I've, I've lost enough. I've lost more than enough. But every loss, I've learned what I've done wrong. Mm-hmm. And it grows you as an entertainer, as a person at the same time. Cliche, yes. May, is it trying to soften the blow? Absolutely. You know, trying to find that silver lining, that dark crown. Because honestly, it sucks losing. You don't and you don't spend $5,000 to be first runner-up. You don't sit there and look at the fact that you spent all this year saving this money, practicing your craft, trying to get all these materialistic things to go to a contest for one week in a city in the United States that you hardly leave the hotel because the schedule's so rigorous to lose when all of a sudden afterwards, the fact you could, that $5,000 could have been a trip to Amsterdam mm. with money left over. Mm. But you start to see, especially with me, I first started as fun and then as I started doing Miss Gay America more and more, I saw how the current rainy had a voice. And it's amazing to be intoxicated by the 
that and have people want to be around you want to be a part of your circle and what you do with it is your own is your own doing I'm someone who I came from very humble beginnings with a mother who's very strong that understands that voice is very powerful in you know bringing help to to causes to events to charities because people want to follow you they may not be invested in whatever your passion is but because they're so superficial they're following the queen yeah I'll manipulate you if it means I'm going to get more money for the Hope and Help Center if I can get more money for St. Francis House if I can do what I need to do to better the people within my community if if your ego and superficialness is so blinded by my beauty I'm going to take your money thank you give you what you want is a moment in my spotlight and then take what you give me give it to someone else which might be food for Thanksgiving oh girl she is she is Robin Hood with much better pumps <laughs> I love it. Oh, which is such the point of drag is the new spandex. That is so, there it is. Okay, so I think for my final question. Someone's getting tired. I'm not getting tired. <laughs> Bitch, I could go all night. Seriously. You want to run with the bad you know kids? We'll we run with the bad kids. You know how much we, uh, Pat has to edit out of him? Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, all right. You know what I want? Okay, you have your final thought. Yes. I love both of you dearly. You each come with it. You each can ask me the most cutthroat question oh, ever. God. Trust me on this one. I'll leave you to the cutthroatness because I want to stay above reproach. No, no, baby. Because you know what? Then can I get to? You really? Because they're not real. I'm probably the most real queen you'll ever meet. And someone who came from a different background and views things so differently. I am not financially controlled by my career. Mm-hmm. I control my career. So I can say things that most people can't because they're worried about their job. No, that's not how my mama raised me. And she raised me as she ra- she was my mother first until I was an adult. She became my friend, friend later in life. And when you have that sort of temperament, it puts you in a position that a lot of people hate you for it. Because I've not sold my soul to anybody. I to own it so I can be quite honest so now's your time okay to get the honesty out of me oh, oh crack in the neck okay ooh, ooh. um ready say for an example mm-hmm. someone has been told maybe you should try drag just to see if you like it or not mm-hmm. just to see because they see maybe some potential some like dormant spark that once ignited will shine and you know bring them to a new level in life shine bright like a diamond oh. say that <laughs> Little black gay boy who was born in New York, then moved to the South, is sitting right in front of you tonight. Where would you tell them to get started? What's the first thing they should do? Now, be careful. You might restart Dita Ritz's drag career. I am not <laughs> Dita Ritz! <laughs> <laughs> so, what? We have the same goddamn cadence. <laughs> She is fierce. I really like her. You know. She can pound the runway. You know. But I am not Dita Ritz. We're going to get her on here. Good luck. I actually would say this is an easy business to get into, which is very odd after this whole discussion. But you've got to want to do this. Like every other job, goal, vision, life, you've got to have the passion because it's almost like a decathlon. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. You're going to get your feelings hurt. You're going to, and, and that's the process. No one's pretty when they first started. I love this throwback Thursdays where I was able to put up my my picture of what I first looked like. I put up bad pictures of me. I've always had them. And I've always stood behind them because every step of the way I've looked at myself and went, ooh, I looked gorgeous. A year later, I went, ooh, I thought that was gorgeous. Even to this day, I look at myself and go, what can I change? Because I know what I thought I looked like when it was good and then knew later I was wrong. I say that about me now. 
every time I put on a face, I go, is this worthy? What can I change? Because we are, it is a superficial business. It's illusion. And if you're going to want to enter this business, embrace that. I, I can't even talk about people and personalities because that's corporate America. Mm-hmm. But you have to have an inner sense of you're going to start out maybe not looking like what you want to, but you got to know that every time you put on a face, you're getting better and better and you've got to do it for you, not because you want to honor somebody, not because you want someone in their memory. you got to do it because you enjoy it because if you don't enjoy it, go to being an accountant and just make life easier. And if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Can I let the music play? Oh, <laughs> Sometimes it's a better song one season and a shitty song the next. Right. Um, this is the beginning. I, listen, there's no. We, I've gotten to know, know you to the him. point where I know that's why you. Know you guys, but the listeners, y'all should be able to go for the jugular. I can't. Well, I can't. But the thing is, it's you know you you know you both know you have a question you've always wanted to ask me that you thought would cross the line. I asked you it already. So ask so it again ask on this episode. This I is where the fans you, get to hear it. Not even after I knew you very well. I asked you, have you ever had sex and drag? Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> I think I asked you that fairly early, and I was like. <laughs> So, I said, Brian, me, Chantel. He said, have you ever had sex with drag? Okay, That's how me, quick it was. Okay, let, let, let me. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that was the jugular. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I have never had sex and drag. But. but <laughs> there it is. There's always a there's, there's two stories with this one. There was one when I understood exactly what I was. I was doing a show at the Parliament House. It was um, in the disco. It must have been a talent show. And this Greek god wasn't really Greek, but he was, you know, like 6'2", and he had this curly hair and these huge muscles. And you could tell that he was a gym rat, easily power lifter. And he was all into my world. And he kept tipping me, talking about how beautiful I was. He's like, I want to take you to dinner. I said, okay, let me just go back to the dressing room and change. I'll be right out. Now, remember, I'm naive me, and that meant getting out of drag. Mm-mm. I came out of drag, and I went to approach him. And as I was walking forward, I opened my mouth. He's like, don't talk to me. And I looked at him and went, what? He's like, I'm waiting for someone, and it's not you. So just go away. And he kept staring at the dress, where the dressing room where I came from. And he, because there's a little hallway there. You couldn't see I came out that door. I went, okay. So I went right back into the dressing room, got my stuff. I was completely devastated. Went through the theater, went out to the front door, and left a man standing right there. Because mm. that's when I realized he didn't want me. He wanted the aesthetic to what I looked like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, on a flip side, not to mention the gentleman's name because he still is here in Orlando and I'm still hoping that maybe we might meet up again. Um, there was one gentleman who I spent Halloween with. Um, we had met at a wedding, which was a whole nother story, uh, which I won't share tonight. But he, I always thought he was very, very cute and so we, we developed a friendship and he had a little bit of a quirk to him. So we went running around Halloween one night and he went with me to, all, to downtown and all this and we ended up at the Parliament House and, and Pulse and we'd been drinking and then I, I lived two blocks from Parliament House at the time. So I knew I was okay to drive us back to the Parliament House, not much, fr- back to my house, not much further. We got to my house, he lit up at the airport and I went, baby, are you going to be able to be able to drive home? He's like, I don't know. I said, do you want to come in for some water? He's like, yeah. So I got him in the house and he's drinking water and I'm still in geesh. Well, I had to get untucked, so I took my big white robe. I, I got everything off, so I was just Chantel from the neck up. Had my white robe on. I can't believe I was saying this on the radio. Um, and I looked at him, and he was no condition to drive. So I um, said, I said, baby, do you want to just crash here tonight? He said, yes. I said, okay. So I put him in my bed. He passed out. That's when I got out of drag. He's asleep now. We're okay. I took my wig off. 
off, took my makeup off, took my shower. I had to be at work the next day. I crawled into bed. He started trying tr- something, something, something with me. I'm like, he's drunk. He still sees Chantel in his head. Not, not going to happen. So I um, I stopped him, being an honorable person. Went to sleep. My alarm clock went up for me to go to work the next day. I feel he was sober. L- the sun is shining in the room. He starts at it again. At this point, there's not an ounce of Chantel on me. It's pure Robert. Of course, I look at him and go, baby, that alarm clock went off for me to go to work, not to play with you. Sent him on his way. And that entire day at work, I kept thinking to myself, I should have called in. Should have called in. Bitch, you had points. I don't understand why you went into work. Oh. I took care of it next Halloween. Don't worry. Okay. Oh. <laughs> what is this? A once every Halloween thing? <laughs> he was my Halloween trade for like several years. It was so funny. It would follow the same path. What the hell? We would go out. We would hang. And you know. And then one Halloween, we're at Pulse. And I, if he's listening to this, I'm still waiting for round three. Um, <laughs> oh. he, he literally, uh, he met me up. At, he was supposed to meet me at a house party. He got off work late. He couldn't find the house party. They were supposed to meet me at Pulse. Said he got lost. I said, well, babe, I'm here. I'd kind of given up on him. And all of a sudden, he said, I found the place. He te- he called me. I said, okay, I'll meet you up front. Got him inside. We sat there for 10 minutes. I looked at him and said, you know, we do this every year. Do you really want to stay here for the next two hours? You would just go home right now. He's like, let's go. <gasps> yep. Girl. Happy Halloween to me. <laughs> oh, my. Trick or treat. Oh, mm-hmm. honey, it was um, tricks and treat. Trust. <laughs> okay. She had a pail out and so, everything. But uh, humorously saying, he's the closest one I've ever been to within drag. Right. Because it started off with, he had that vision in his mind when we were be- becoming that way. But then after a while, he was just into me. So I know with him, it was more personality. But as far as that illusion, I'm not a transsexual. It is not my lifestyle. And I fear it's very dishonest for me to even try to do that when I know it's not my 24-7. Right. So leaves it to me. You. Okay. So you gave me time to think about something. So now this is... This must be good. He is hesitating. Okay. Well, I mean, we've known each other for a while now. And I, I, I've known a lot of stories and we've shared a lot, especially on Monday nights for game night at the Parliament House of the Bear Den. And Tuesdays and Thursdays for Barioke, <laughs> which I'm there every week. I'm trying to push... Starting at 9 o'clock. I'm trying to push the... Come the, listen to me sing um, This Joint is Jumping. Which was fabulous. Your, it was. It was so awesome. Your eight misbehaving uh, tribute was fantastic. Right there with Deo. Oh, uh, yes. So... <laughs> You should hear Oral do some do some Deo as well. Oral, I is love your Deo. name by the way. It's, it's, it cracks you. me every time I hear. It, I go, oh, Oral <laughs> didn't stand a chance out the womb. <laughs> Was that your given? Yep. <laughs> they named you Oral. O R A L on the gift certificate. Uh, like a birth, 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 a birth certificate. certificate. <laughs> well, I feel like I was a well, gift to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, I'm just gonna rip up this receipt. I don't need to take it back to the stupid market. <laughs> I love Actually, it was it was Bloomingdale's. <laughs> I came in a little brown bag. Oh, not even a blue box. Oh, so sorry. One day, one day, a man is gonna give me a little blue box, and I will. Ooh, I'm gonna turn into a bitch afterward. <laughs> but yes, you afterwards, I'll take a Walmart ring right now. I just want to get married. <laughs> but you were gonna say, I'm sorry. okay. So in our conversations, we've talked about quite a few of your romantic interests. We'll call it. We'll call it your romantic interests. Yes. So, 
for our listeners out there because kind of tying back to what Oral was asking before, you know, if you're if you're thinking about getting into this lifestyle and this business, because in a lot of ways it is a business, if you're going to try to take it in that direction, how how has this affected your love life? Have you come across guys that, as Robert, because I mean, you said you're not Chantel 24-7, although the persona and people do know you as that 24-7. That's not who you are as a whole. So when you go out there and you meet people and you meet them as Robert, when they get to the point where they find out that you are a drag queen, a fabulous drag queen, do they kind of take a step back and say, I can't do this? Or, and, and how do you deal with that? Now, I need you to answer very delicately because you might be strumming my pain with your fingers, <laughs> singing my life with your words. All right, Roberta Fleck slash Lauren Hill, calm down. Honestly, we want we want honest answers here because this is it's it's very weird. I come from a different beginning. And I say that I don't know out of reality or out of truth or to shield myself. Um, August twenty third, nineteen ninety one. I was working at McDonald's where I had met my husband at the time. Um, very closeted relationship because it's middle of Iowa. Uh, he was working both at McDonald's and at Perkins, and I said, "Honey, it's too much for you. You need to pick one or the other. It's gonna, you know, it's too much." And so he gave up his job at McDonald's and just worked at Perkins. I had a almost a girlfriend, like as in the sisterhood, mm-hmm. um, that I hung out with. And her name was Glendette. We also used to go to Perkins to study. Half of that was so I could spend some time with him and study, hang out with my girlfriend. It was a win-win-win for me. Well, one night we were there. Um, I'm going to say August 22nd. We were there. He said, hey, I need you to come in tomorrow night. We need to talk about something. I said, okay. Got very excited because I didn't know what it was, but things were going good. Well, I had to leave early because I had to be at work at McDonald's the next day, um, August 23rd, to which I was opening. So I got there at 4.30. I was making the, the salads and the biscuits and all that before I had to drive through. At 6 o'clock, we open. I turn on my drive through. The phone starts ringing off the hook. And... I couldn't imagine anybody calling that often that early. It was very un- unusual. And I heard my girlfriend, Jean, who was the manager, going, that's awful. I said, what's awful? She said, you know Corey Edwards? And I started to laugh to myself, going, do I know Corey Edwards? And her next words out of her mouth was like, he got killed in a train accident this morning, three hours earlier. And so he'd been, he, had, he had gotten killed three hours before. My first response was, you know, they're, they're trying to out me. They found out we were together, and this is the way of outing me. And I thought that was really shitty. You give it a good 20 minutes, you realize no one's paying attention to you, and you realize it just really happened, it hits you. And um, I was in back booth drive through and when it hit me that it was real and it wasn't a, a, a fake, um, I blanked out. I spent the next hour taking orders in that drive through I'd worked there so much automatic pilot in between orders. Uh, they had to tell me this. I was just holding the register, just looking at the buttons, not moving. They sent Kim back to me to check on me because they said something was wrong with me. And Kim put her hand on my shoulder and I looked at her and I realized it was real. Ooh, where this many years it still hits me because it was a very honest relationship. I say this in this fashion because that man loved me for who I was and there was no pretense. So when I meet guys and when guys talk about relationships with me, they have to know my spirit, my soul. The blessing for Chantel is a lot of guys are so superficial and I've had a couple not want anything to do with me after they find out the fact because Chantel is a queen and heaven forbid your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever friend is a queen even if I do bowl and lift weights and enjoy sports occasionally you know I'm not singing show tunes in the house
house unless I'm prepping for karaoke. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't do that. But you get these guys out there that only want a queen because they like the, the, the feminine aspect and they want nothing to do with the boy. Or they only want the boy wanting to do the feminine aspect because it's a queen. Which those people all become the people looking for the superficial. I've had the boyfriends since then who have looked past. You know, they've not fallen through. My last one who did me very dirty because he knew about my drag career. He didn't care. He wanted to know me. We were together. And I didn't know he was seeing someone else. And then the other guy trumped me because he knew about me and pulled out all the stops and they're together. And I found him on Facebook when he posted on Facebook his status from single to in a relationship. And all of a sudden my rug got pulled out from underneath me. Girl, if you need me to take care of some stuff, I know people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Gladys Knight. When she did her version of I Will Survive, she said, better to be alone than to be lonely. Mm-hmm. Relationships. The intimacy of a husband is a beautiful thing. I've experienced it more than once, but it does not give me the ultimate personal value. So as much as I will enjoy Chantal and enjoy that life and enjoy men buying me drinks because they want the superficial and now that I can see it, I will screw you out of every dollar you want to spend for on me at the bar, even though I get my drinks for half price and sometimes free. If you want to pay eight bucks for a drink that I can get for a dollar fifty, I'll do my part for the bar and make you spend the money. Because at the end of the day, I'm still going to go home by myself. But going home by myself does not mean I'm going home alone. And that's why I embrace my friends and my family. And when that ultimate man shows up in my life, that's going to be one hell of a wedding. Can I be the flower girl? <laughs> you might be giving me away. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I would totally that do that. That means there's still a chance for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see Oral in a, in a flower girl's outfit. I've been one before. All right, I've, I've caught you. a bouquet before. Oh my god! Ooh, I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> he tried to push that bitch out of the way. She clawed I him. Really <laughs> so I was at my my girlfriend's wedding. I was doing her hair and makeup. I've got to bring it lighter because that was very heavy. But my girlfriend um, was getting married, and I love both her and her fiance. I love them both. They still they still hit Chantel up all the time, but. They invited me to the wedding. I was doing her hair and did her makeup and did the bridal party. And then they said, you need to come to the show, to the wedding and drag. So I sent them all off. I got in drag. I wear a beautiful black pantsuit. When I walked into the church, and it wasn't a church, it didn't explode. So I said, okay, everything's all right. And the <laughs> ushers. Probably the Unitarians. I, I knew yeah. both the ushers. So I, they said, which one do you want to escort you down? I said, you both going to escort me down. We're going to make this processional. So they brought me in. All the Disney folks are sitting here laughing. All the straight folks are like, oh, she's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> so we do the wedding and then we're at the reception and they get ready to toss the bouquet and I'm trying to be respectful at this point and I'm just sitting back and all of a sudden Rod the groom goes wait where the hell is Chantel <laughs> so they make me get up on this floor I'm like, oh this is so embarrassing why am I back here I stand in the back all the way in the back behind everybody did I mention this was a Disney type wedding and all the girls up there play Mickey Mouse mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in my in my four inch heels I'm talking when Lord Des threw that bouquet she threw through over everybody all I did was reach up and grab it (laughs) (laughs) and I looked and went god damn it now that boy's got to put the garter on me I did not let the 18 year old put the garter on me though (laughs) but I sure did have that bouquet (laughs) he'd have had a little surprise when he put the garter on no he would have had to reread the book where the wild things are with a whole different view (laughs) Chantel thank you so much for making this the penultimate episode penultimate this is (laughs) It, it, we can only go down day. from here, I think. That was phenomenal. 
I felt my spirit has been rejuvenated and renewed. I have gotten to see like the inner workings of the pageant world. And then we got some dirt on Orlando as a drag scene. Like I'm, I am fully satiated. So it, ticked, it ticked all your boxes is what you're saying. You may have started a drag career here. I'm scared of what this playback uh, is going to be like. <laughs> I can't wait for Dita Ritz to come back. And, <laughs> I can't wait to tweet her and say that. You know, We're ready I will, for her. I will say the closest I have ever come to drag is walking in, in heels. Now, I wasn't fantastic, but I had a natural talent for it. I was really surprised. Girl, there's more, it takes more than that, because trust me, in those boots with the heels that I had, I had some natural talent that I ran upstairs in that shit, up and down those stairs at Barioke. No, no offense, hon. I've never seen you run a day in your life. You clean Barioke more often than you might. Exactly. If you would see if you would see what I'm trying to schmooze. working man in show business. Which, which Barioke? The one at Stonewall. The one you don't want to go to. No, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining us for Drag is the New Spandex. I'm your host oral and i'm not gonna let these bitches shade me chantel roche thank you so much for joining us it has been a complete drunken pleasure okay. <laughs> and with that everyone good night hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 